Welcome to Howden's podcast, Fortune Favors the Brave. We all take risks in our everyday life and business is no different. In this podcast, we're speaking to the experts about a topical challenge or issue and what business leaders can do to overcome it. Welcome to Fortune Favors the Brave. My name is Paul White and I'm Head of Technical at Howden Employee Benefits and Wellbeing, part of Howden Insurance Brokers. This is the second in a two-part series where we're exploring the impact of ESG on benefits. Helping us discuss this topic today is Joe Elfrick from Legal & General. I'm sure you've all heard of Legal & General, but Joe will no doubt say a few words in her introduction. Joe, thank you very much for joining us today on Fortune Favours Brave. Would you like to explain a little bit more about your role and what you specialise in? Thanks, Paul. Great to be here today. I'm the marketing manager for our group protection business at Legal & General. Before we get into the heart of the topic, we always like to ask an icebreaker question to get things moving along on Fortune Favours the Brave. So, Joe, please could you tell us about an instance where you've taken a risk and whether it's paid off? So this is a really interesting question and um, probably speaks to why I've been working in insurance for such a long time and then I'm not much of a risk taker. <laughs> so it was quite hard to answer this question, but I had a long think. And I think for me, it was probably actually taking this role at Legal in general, leaving my previous company, which I really enjoyed working there. And I think it's always a risk stepping into a new organisation. You never know quite what you're going to find. You do as much research as you can to test the water and talk to people there. But I've been really, really pleased with the outcome. I love working for Legal in general and especially what we stand for. It's, it's a great place to work. So I think I'm very lucky and it was, a, it was worth taking that risk to move. Thanks, Joe. Today we're going to be talking about ESG. This is number two of, of a two-parter. In the last session, we talked generally about ESG, and today we're going to focus more specifically on the S and the G. How would you sum up the opportunity here in the group risk sector? Yeah, so I think overall, the increased focus on ESG is a tremendous opportunity for the world, and in particular for companies to sort of think about consumers, put consumers at the heart of what they do and think about how collectively we can all make a difference to drive sustainability and better outcomes for everyone. The enormity of the topic is probably what's a challenge for a lot of people in trying to digest that and break it down into what does that mean for me in my role, in the decisions that I make as a customer, lots of different decisions that are fragmented across our lives. But within, I think, that discussion, a lot of the focus is on the E, Whereas we're in group protection, that's my job. I'm the group protection marketing manager at Legal in General. And I think there's, because there's a lot of focus on the E, there's sometimes sort of reduces the significance of the S, which is where group protection products can make such a positive difference, just in terms of the, the services and the outcomes that they deliver for customers. So if we go back to whenever health and safety legislation was introduced, a lot of the focus was on the prevention of accidents in very sort of manual roles. This really is now taking that into the space of well-being and, and wellness as well and how that can contribute to people's effectiveness and helping them thrive in the workplace. I think I mean, that's kind of an interesting point that a lot of the attention is on the, the, the E rather than the S and the G. And it, it, we, we probably take for granted that as an industry, we get the G right and have always got the G right. Yeah. The E and the S are causing a small challenge. But potentially, is there, is there conflicts between the E and the S? I think there is. There are some examples of how that could arise. And it's probably really thinking about the transition. And that's where this really sort of comes into focus. So, for example, if you were to close a power plant, that will have a negative impact on the workers 
and the local communities that are in the proximity of that power plant. So at least in the short term, that's a negative impact. So part of the challenge for all of us really is thinking very carefully and deliberately how we manage that transition, how we balance this. You know, thinking about things like hunger, health, education and gender equality are really, really important things. And the role that businesses play as, as kind of anchor institutions is, is really, really critical in terms of strengthening those outcomes, creating those healthy workplaces and workforces and really being a foundation for that. So where can businesses start in terms of thinking about planning, delivering and then measuring outcomes of the S? So I think with a lot of things in terms of making a plan, it's a really good thing to start to think about defining your purpose thinking about what your business values and purpose are. And I think there's a lot more focus on purpose for, for many businesses, if not all businesses now, which is a really welcome development. And so there, there are a number of factors to consider. Again, it's a big topic. Even the S has a number of factors within it. So it's not just restricted to the challenges around environmental issues. But for the purposes of group risk, I think what I think about is how can our products, how can what we provide as an industry really help with that health and safety and well-being piece but also because we're talking about workplaces the cultures and the behaviors within those workplaces, and how can they be nurtured to help people thrive and help people's well-being and help equality and diversity and all those really really important issues and give a framework for businesses in creating that empowered workforce so i would align that to your purpose and strategy first I, I, it's absolutely really important to align it to your purpose and strategy. Mm. The, the, the then is you, you know what you need to do. How do you prioritise what you should be doing? I think it's about probably being realistic about, about the outcomes that you're going to make the most significant impact on, not trying to do everything at once and then doing things sort of half as effectively as maybe they would have done. Being really committed to those, thinking about all the different stakeholders that you're making those commitments to and looking at where you can make the most significant positive difference. So one industry might look very different to another, for example. And that's kind of quite important. But obviously for us as an insurance industry, yeah. there's a whole bunch of constraints or, or limitations on the way that we act because we work in a regulatory environment. Yes. So how does the regulatory environment impact upon this? Is it, a, is it a factor for good or is it actually going to inhibit, inhibit those positive changes? And I think that the FCA really sees its role as not being a regulator to sort of clamp down on businesses and inhibit positive behaviours. So they've recently issued a policy statement that requires listed companies to publish and report on information and disclosures in terms of women, ethnic minorities in the workforce, in terms of boards and executive management at least. So that's a really positive development and we should all be striving towards achieving that. That. But, you know, there's still there's still quite a long way for our industry to go. We know that in particular, the gender pay gap is, is, is still probably bigger than, than we would want it to be in progress towards that is slow. So it's not shying away from the fact that it's there, but looking at realistically, how can we take steps to address it and start to close it in a meaningful way that, again, is long term and sustainable? And probably a comment then is to think about the inclusivity of, yes. of employee benefits. Yeah, and I think as well already, again, you know, and sort of to complement the FCA on that, the work that they're doing to require firms to design those inclusive products, that's all for the right reasons. You know, how can those services that we provide improve customer outcomes? And I think all of us would agree that it's an industry awash with jargon. 
Sometimes that's where regulations can sometimes feel a little bit constraining because it can be at odds a little bit with simplicity and trying to give people information that they can easily interpret and digest. But I think firms are really taking that on board. They're working with consumers, they're working with charities to really understand customer needs. And in particular, probably less so in group protection, but particularly in retail. And we're, we're definitely, as a business, taking the philosophy of, of vulnerable customers and looking at how we can apply that across everything that we do. And obviously, the very concept of group protection is about inclusivity, the way that we underwrite and the way that we provide insurance cover to people in businesses that as individuals might not be able to afford that for themselves. So at its heart, it really is a very inclusive sector. And I think that's, you know, even going beyond that, they might not be able to afford it. I think there's a, yeah. a fundamental concept around paternalism on the part of the employer, yes. but also the concept of the fact that as individuals, policies are, are underwritten, whereas in group policies, cover is rarely underwritten. So most people Absolutely. get the cover without evidence of health. Absolutely. And and I think that's that's just it's just so important. And I think has been again another positive as benefits have expanded the service side of what's available. I think as businesses start to understand the concept of well being and how they can influence that and that thriving workforces are really the foundation of their businesses. New things are coming along. That's great, but it's really important that the industry, all of us as providers and intermediaries, are on the same page in terms of helping those employees to understand those products and services so they can access them and make use of them to the best of their ability. Excellent. So, yeah, I thank, think that's Thank you, Joe. I mean, I, I think that's been really useful to contextualise the S in terms of the ESG and the way that the protection market is responding to that. Uh, and I think that's that's great for people listening to understand what, what a, a good protection policy will deliver to them and to their employees in the context of a, of a legislative and framework that we need to work with it. So once again, Joe, thank you for your time. We hope you've enjoyed this series of podcasts. If you have any questions, please feel free to let us know. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fortune Favours the Brave from Howden. To hear more episodes and subscribe to our channel, search Fortune Favours the Brave on your favourite podcast app.